This episode of The Hammer Factor is brought to you by Colorado Kayak Supply Online. They like to remind you that they are up and running. Bobby, JR, and Kim are on the phones and chat box day and night. 2020 gear from Piranha, Dagger, Liquid Logic, and Jackson, you name it, they have it. Bobby will hand ship your gear to almost anywhere in the world. If you need to save money, which we all do right now, use promo code GTFOUTSIDE. Get the outside. That's capital G, capital T, capital F, capital O for outside. For a 10% discount discount off your entire cart. If you're strapped for cash, they have this cool affirm feature where you can you can pay in small chunks. Also, give Bobby a call directly, 970-344-8836, and he may give you an extra 5% off. Actually, I can't guarantee that. GTF outside. Check it out in the show notes. All right, welcome to Hammer Factor episode 72, Paddling Through a Pandemic. I want to start off by saying we're living through truly unprecedented times. Everyone listening right now to this show has seen their schedule or their job or their life in general in general drastically change in just a few days. The situation in the country and around the world, for that matter, is evolving daily. The things we talk about on this show may not be relevant in three or four days. Um, And while no one can predict the future, it's guaranteed the next few months will be something tomorrow's generation will study in their history books. To say we're going to face adversity is a colossal understatement. Having said that, there will be another side to all this. Um, we'll move through this cloud, and that is where we want to and what we want to discuss on this show, moving through the cloud. Primarily, can we, or even should we, keep kayaking through this era of uh, social distancing? And if we should, what is the best practice? Um, this show is not really going to be like previous shows, and you can probably tell that already. Um, there's a little bit more serious tone going on here, but there's some important me- uh, messages we wanted to get out. We'll skip the usual listener mail and banter about the industry trends and paddle offset. 
We may throw a rant and rave at the end of the show um, with our guest, but other than that, this is going to be a one-on-one discussion with our special guest today, Dr. Jack Diddy. Now, before I introduce Dr. Diddy, I want to make it clear that the hammer factor is not your resource for everything on this new virus. The World Health Organization, the WHO, and the CDC are where the buck stops in regards to the facts about everything on this show. All right, now having said that, I'm sitting out on his deck right now. It looks like through the Skype portal, I'd like to introduce Dr. Jack Diddy. Dr. Diddy is a class five kayaker and a class five seawanner who has been around the scene for decades. More importantly, Jack is a husband, father, and an ER doctor who will inevitably be on the front lines of treating those with this new virus. Uh, Welcome to the show, Jack. Is there anything I missed there or you would like to add? Yeah, thank you, John. Um, I would like to add a couple of things. One is just my purpose for being here. Um, I I think it's important. There's so much information coming at everybody so quickly right now. It's really hard to to sort through it all and figure out what's important and what's not and what's real and what's not. And uh, I I just hope to to be able to help clarify some of those things for people as best I can. What I say is is based on my interpretation of, of the best factual sources that I can find as of today and uh hopefully hopefully it's good information for everybody out there we are uh well i I think you can't uh you can't stress enough that this is unprecedented none of us have any previous experience in terms of dealing with something like this in our lifetimes and uh it's this is going to be one of one of the biggest events in at least least recent world history yeah i mean of all the things out there, I feel like that's the only thing I really know. What, what, how are you? I mean, are, how is uh, uh, social distancing going? How, how is it in your world? I mean, in the ER and all well, that. Yeah, so right now for me, it's good. <clears throat> My life is changing day to day. Just a week ago, I was still going to the pool and swimming and still going out and just doing relatively normal activities and taking my kid out to get ice cream. And now this week, of course, just as everybody else, we're staying at home and just trying to avoid contact with as many people as possible. I still go to work and, of course, have contact with people through that. But otherwise, uh, even even my personal interaction with my direct family members, I'm trying to to uh, be very cautious with just because of my level of, of exposure that I expect to to be ramping up in the in the coming days. So, what does that look like? What do you mean? Uh, well, so right now, at least in Western North Carolina, I guess the audience of this podcast may be uh, uh, at least national, if not global, on some scale. Um, in Western North Carolina, we're we're in a fairly isolated pocket of the world compared to a lot of other places, and we're not seeing a, a huge influx of of cases yet. Uh, at least that we know of. And uh, so right now I, I feel like my exposure at work is, is, you know, low to moderate risk and I don't want to bring that stuff home to my family. So right. I'm trying to, uh, when I, when I get home from work, I'm trying to sleep in a place that's away from them and uh, you know, I'm basically not bringing my shoes in the house anymore and uh, trying to uh, not, participate in making meals uh for my kid or my wife anymore and letting them kind of eat independently of me so 
uh, just a lot of kind of common sense things to avoid, um, you know, the really obvious sources of, of contamination and contact. Man, that is so heavy. Um, okay, so I'm sure a lot of our audience knows this, but before we get deeper into the discussion, let's start at the top. Let's start with the basics for people who don't know. You know, what what is the SARS-CoV-2 and what is COVID-19? What What is it? Yeah, so there are two uh, related things. The SARS-CoV-2 is the name of the actual virus, and uh, uh, basically stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. Um, <clears throat> the disease process that it causes in humans is called COVID-19. So uh, it's, it, you know, and for most practical ter- terms for most people, the, the distinction is not super important. Um, but for people that are studying the illness and communicating about the illness on a scientific level, it's uh, it's an important distinction. Okay. And then where did this, where did this come from? How did people, where, how do, how do, why are people getting it? So there's still some debate about that. Uh, as of last night, the, the stuff that I was reading uh, suggests that um, the animal market in China theory may be uh, a little off the, uh, it's it's still hard to, to tell, and I don't think there's a correct answer to give you here, but um, it seems to have come from an animal reservoir, so a, a virus that has been circulating in animals probably for quite some time, but then somehow jumped to humans, and it seems like that jump probably occurred in November. The initial estimates were in December, but it looks like they've been able to trace it back now to sometime in mid-November in China. And the exact animal source is still unknown. They suspect bats. Uh, they suspect uh, pangolins as a possibility, which are really wild-looking animals if you've ever seen them. Pang- um, pangolin? Pangolin, yes. Pangolin. It's, worth, it's worth looking up. They, uh, I guess they have, a, uh, unfortunately, a really uh, large market for them in Chinese medicine. And uh, so there, there's a um, – you know, it's an animal that's probably going to go extinct at some point because of their – demand for uh, uh, for their scales, I believe it is. So back up. So four months ago, this disease, in theory, did not exist in humans. And in Correct. those four months, it spread all the way around the world. Correct. <clears throat> um, all right, so how do you get it? How do people get it? So other than that initial kind of animal transfer, which is still a little unclear exactly how that happened, uh, humans at this point are passing it amongst themselves. And so it's spread primarily through respiratory droplets. Uh, sounds like there's a couple other ways that it, it can be spread as well. Like I think uh, there's uh, some evidence for fecal transmission and uh, which I guess I have to be careful with my terms here in terms of uh, <laughs> using layperson terminology, but basically <laughs> it may be able to be spread through poop as well. Um, and then uh, it seems like there's probably some evidence for aerosol transmission or spread through the air. Uh, that's still some, uh, you know, still some debate about the importance of that. But the primary method that people are spreading it right now is through respiratory droplets. So if I have the illness, I cough, I have, uh, you know, some droplet that comes out of my, my mouth that lands on a surface and then you touch that surface and then you touch your mouth uh, that that's basically how the uh, the illness seems to spread at this point. And what other illnesses are like this? Is there any other things that we can relate this to that we all we know about? 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, probably the vast majority of, of typical upper respiratory viruses are spread in this way. Okay. Okay. So that's like the common cold, the common flu, all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So what happens if you get it? What? What's the... Yeah. So the the illness that you get, the, the one we referenced earlier with COVID-19, is a febrile illness. Uh, it's, I want to be cautious saying it's similar to the flu because there's so many things about this virus that are distinct from the flu and make it way more dangerous in terms of the human population than the, than the flu. Um, but, uh, the illness that you actually get is, is actually pretty similar to the flu. So the, you get basically a fever and a cough. Uh, those are, those are the two primary symptoms I would say in most people, I think, um, you know, relatively, um, well, it, it depends on your age and your risk factors in most people. It's a relatively mild illness, uh, to begin with, and then has the potential to, uh, uh, to progress as the days go on. So clinically, you know, is a mild illness that you're just like got 103 fever and you're laying in bed aching all day in your field? Is that mild? Yeah. So um, our definition of sickness, I guess, in the ER is a little different than the layperson view of sickness. So, you know, you can have a you can feel really, really miserable, but in in the perspective of an ER doctor, you may not actually be sick. So when we say sick, we're talking about like when, when I see somebody at, in my job that I say, oh, that person's really sick. What I'm talking about is their blood pressure is very low. Their oxygen saturation level is very low. And basically their uh, kind of their whole body's response to the illness is, is failing essentially. So that's when, when an ER doctor uses the word sick, that's what they're talking about. Uh, it's different than, you know, when I'm at home with my kid and I say, oh, my kid's sick. That's, you know, that's uh, maybe they got a fever. Maybe they got a cough um, and they're going to get better from it. Uh, it's, so it's just a different perspective. And I guess we have to be a little careful with the terminology we use uh, outside of work. But. Right. So you got to wear two hats when you're at yeah. work. You got one hat on when you're at home. It's a different definition. Yeah. When, when, when we see these reports about you say the vast majority of people, they just have mild symptoms. Does that mean they're getting a big fever and laid up in bed and feel like crap for a while? Or what do you? Yeah, I think um, I got I got to preface my comment with, um, you know, I have not seen personally and taken care of personally uh, cases of this where I could. Well, we, we don't have testing available at our facility yet on a broad level. So um, I can't give you a direct experience uh, perspective of that. But the, from what it seems, about 80% of people are going to have a an illness that does not require hospitalization. So, um, right. okay. you know, you may, you may feel sick, you may have a high fever and a cough, but your oxygen level is not dropping, your blood pressure is not dropping your immune system is doing its job and, and fighting off the illness. Okay. And so br coming back to what you just said, so you, you guys don't test for this or you've done? Well, so we've, we've had some limited testing available so far that the testing is uh, in short supply or the, the test kits are in short supply. Even still? And even still. Yes. Uh, it, uh, the availability of them seems to change on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, some days at work have been told that we have plenty available and then other days been told, oh, we only have, you know, a, a few available and we need to 
ration them and, and use them wisely. So it's, uh, I think, you know, there's been a huge push this week to get testing more widely spread, but that process has been much, uh, unfortunately much slower than, than we would have liked. Huh. And is it important at this point to the testing? I mean, it seems like it's, well, um, <laughs> it's approaching at some point, uh, a place where testing is going to become irrelevant uh, and, and you just assume that everybody has it. We're, we're getting there. I think um, right now I, I would still like to be able to test people and to know, um, you know, the, the amount of it in our community. I think, um, you know, this is still, it seems like uh, clustered in areas that, uh, where there's been more mixing of people. So places that have major international airports, uh, places, you know, big cities basically where you have just large populations of people coming together from many different places. Of course, you're going to have more, uh, you know, earlier onset of infections and clusters of infections in that area or in those areas. And uh, until we get good testing available in these more rural areas, like in the place where I work, uh, we really don't know the exact uh degree of the problem yet here well i mean even for your own well-being to just know if you were in contact with someone who had this it seems like that would be some peace of mind yeah well i think you know what we're doing at this point we're operating on the idea that um anybody with uh the symptoms that would suggest this illness and um and no no other distinct cause of it of that fever or cough like so if you know, if we see somebody that has a fever and a cough and they have a positive flu test, then we know we're dealing with the flu. Uh, but if we see a person with a fever and a cough and a negative flu test, those are the people that we are assuming they have this illness until proven otherwise. Right, right, right. And, and so that's one thing you're doing at work. Is there anything different, like protocols or? Uh, we're the Probably the biggest thing at work right now for um, where I work is just kind of ramping up our preparations and response to the, uh, to the expected volume and change in, uh, in kind of, uh, disease presentations that we're going to be seeing over the next few weeks. Like we're, we're still kind of operating on uh, normal, normal illness that we see. I mean, we're still seeing normal illnesses come in that are just kind of your classic, uh, everyday ER problems. And, uh, we're, we're preparing for a, a pretty big onslaught, which we expect any time in the next, uh, you know, any, any day it could start and could ramp up very quickly. And I expect by, by mid April, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, just balls to the wall <laughs> basically at your hospital. That's what, that's what I expect. It's uh, it's a little bit of a guess, but yeah. What's uh what's the vibe like with the nurses and your other doctors and like what's I mean what are you guys talking about? Uh, you know I think every day everybody's uh, still processing what all this means and how we need to behave differently. We you know I, I guess uh, in an ideal world I would say that we always take all of these infection control precautions and things like that, but we're doing it to a much greater level than I've ever seen. You know people are. Um, wearing protective equipment uh, anytime you go into a room with a patient that has any uh, symptoms that could suggest this thing. And, 
where you know we've ratcheted down the control of the facility a little bit better where we're restricting visitor hours and uh, doing screening of all staff and all visitors uh, before entering entering the hospital to uh, try to protect the uh, the hospital basically because we have to we have to keep the staff healthy we have to keep um, everybody kind of ready to to work at all times so that's uh it's gonna be one of the challenges with this illness is making sure that we have the personnel available to to treat all the patients that we expect to be coming in right right um well now for the meat and potatoes of this whole thing um i know that i've been kayaking a few times since this has been going on and you've been kayaking a few times i believe um well i mean is kayaking safe how do we how, how do we go about it yeah so um yeah it's funny part of me feels silly even discussing the the issue when there's so many crazy things going on in the world but uh you know this is something that we all love this is a passion that all of us have i think you know if you're, if you're listening to the hammer factor there's a good chance you've uh, devoted a uh, solid portion of your life to to this uh, addiction that we all have, and uh, so we have to figure out how to how to maintain you know the things that keep us sane and happy uh, while we're dealing with adverse situations. So I, I think it's important to to maintain as much of those kind of normal things as we can, but we have to do it safely, and uh, and we have to do it in a way that's not stressing the system any more than it needs to be stressed or uh, you know, or creating a problem that, that wasn't there. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been kayaking some, I think, uh, a lot of the kayaking I've done in the last few years has been, uh, self-support shuttles. So I'll, I'll go find a river somewhere and drop my boat off at the top, drive down to the bottom and then just run the shuttle on the trail or, uh, or sometimes ride a bike or something like that and then paddle down. So I've done a lot of solo trips like that. Uh, I'm not going to, tell people that solo kayaking is the way to go that's always a bad <laughs> recommendation uh, and uh what i would suggest is everybody uh make you know make their own obviously individual choices but I, I think we just need to to follow the you know the guidelines that were being given in terms of social distancing so d- social distancing is basically a measure to try to limit the spread of this illness that the whole reason we're trying to limit the spread of this illness is to avoid overwhelming the hospital system in the first few weeks or months of this. And so if we can limit the spread of this, or at least kind of delay the, the onset of this, um, this huge, or these, you know, very large numbers of people that we expect to be getting sick, if we can prolong that and mobilize resources in the meantime, or, you know, or, or even better get a vaccine at some point the um, you know, we can help to, to change the course of this a little bit. And so we want to just follow the the social distancing guidelines that they're recommending right now. And uh, it seems like, you know, I think basically they're saying uh, they're recommending people stay six feet apart. So, um, you know, that obviously presents some some difficulty if you're planning on going out and running shuttle with a group of people. That's, uh, it's, you know, that's something I think that we all have to very carefully think about. Do we want to be participating in that or not? And uh, my personal choice is, is going to be to not do that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody how to behave. I, I can only just kind of give you the the facts as I see them and, uh, you know, and kind of my interpretation of, of what I want to do with my life. And uh, I can tell you that that's something that I, I personally will not be doing uh, in the foreseeable future. 
So cramming seven people in the Tacoma is probably not best practice at this point. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about seat belts, <laughs> seat belts later on, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, you know, I think right now it's, I think the hard the hard thing for people to understand is, and especially in a group, you know, so kayakers in general, I would imagine are in the if you look at the demographics, it's probably a relatively young, healthy group of people, and it's so easy for a young, healthy person right now just to say, hey for young healthy people this illness is not going to affect me and it probably won't however i guarantee you a lot of these young healthy people that are thinking that have parents or have brothers or sisters or grandparents that are in a significant risk category for a bad outcome for this illness and you know i i think we all need to think about those people in our lives that that we don't want to pass this this on to right um shifting off of kayaking for a second you know like i do a lot of mountain biking trail running you know what's what's protocol there i mean that seems like a pretty safe route is to go out riding your bike yeah i think um i would say there's uh in terms of using the word protocol um you know there because there is no historical precedent for for this type of thing there is no protocol (laughs) um but you know, it seems like that kind of activity is, is totally safe. And, you know, obviously maintain the social distancing, but yeah, by all means get out there and exercise. Um, I think we all need to try to stay as healthy as we can. And, uh, and, and the other thing is just using this as an opportunity. I mean, a lot of people are out of work right now, or at least on limited schedules, um, or maybe staying home with their kids take your kids out and teach them how to run or hike. Um, or if, if you're, if you don't have kids, just go out and, and learn how to, uh, you know, be, become a runner, become a, uh, uh, you know, learn how to mountain bike, learn yoga, you know, use this opportunity to, uh, to improve your health as best you can. Yeah. And, and something we were talking about earlier, um, I don't think it, this made it on the show, but, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for a lot of people. I mean, we've got limits, you, you, you got to make some, you got to find some lemonade through the lemons, you know? And if you can take this time and get in the best shape of your life, you know, go paddle flat water, you know, go get really good at attainments, you know, like you say, do the human powered shuttles, um, you know, make some goals. Like you say, make some goals, track your progress, get a whitewater journal, you know, write it all down. Um, I don't know. That's what I've got to do just simply to maintain my sanity. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a, it's, it's not really being selfish or whatever, but you know, there's no telling when the other side of this is going to come, you know? So you gotta, in my opinion, you gotta figure out some way to like stay within guidelines, but you can't quit living. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, I think, um, it, it is a fine line. I, I think you want to be, um, and particularly if you live in an area where that's that's getting hit really hard with the illness and really stressing the the EMS system or the hospital system, you really don't want to be adding to that with um, you know taking risks. So uh, I think I think everybody needs to consider taking a step back in terms of their normal uh, risk taking behavior and um, you know and and just also think about kind of the optics of what you're doing as a, as a group. Um, you know, 
there's going to be a lot of people really struggling in the next, you know, who knows how long, um, with, with all kinds of issues. And, um, while we certainly want to maintain healthy lifestyles and active lifestyles and find joy where we can, um, you know, I think we just also have to be conscientious about that. Um, you're just talking about basically bragging about whatever you're doing on Facebook and that kind of thing. Well, just, you know, I think, um, yeah, like, I mean, in Florida this week, you saw the the kids on the, on the media, you know, like there were kids out there partying on the beach on spring break and, Oh God, uh, you know, it was elbow to elbow. I saw that. Yeah. And they're, you know, and they're catching a lot of flack for that. And, you know, and I get it, you know, a lot of time, a lot of kids, I mean, when I was 20 years old, I, I didn't think about my place and world events and how I could help that. I'm sure I was just, you know, a selfish kid, uh, just trying to have fun. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that's just the human nature, but, um, you know, I, I think we just have to be, be careful as a group about, um, I think we need to just make sure we're listening, uh, paying attention and following the guidelines as best we can, um, while we pursue our recreational interests. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. How, obviously this is your opinion because no one can know this, but how do you see all this ending? Where's the, how do you see it, it happening? Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of unknowns there. The The biggest thing about this, um, until we get a vaccine, there's going to be very large numbers of, of people, it looks like. I mean, the, the models that they're putting out there right now are, are pretty grim, actually, about how many people are going to be affected by this within the next year and, or year and a half even. And all of these restrictions that they're putting in place are going to be with us for quite some time. I think uh, it would be foolish to think that two weeks from now, everything's going to be back, be back to normal. And uh, I think we need to, to realize that we're in this for the long haul, potentially, um, you know, at least months, if not uh, much, much longer than, than months at this point. Oh. Um, and uh, that may be a wake up call for some people to hear that, but um, I think our lifestyles are going to be vastly different as as best I can tell, uh, potentially through next year. So um, pro- it's probably another reason why we need to maintain our sanity with you know keeping active and doing what we can to, to stay yeah. sane. But um, the uh, yeah, I think the other side of this is once the peak has occurred and uh, a lot of people's immune systems have seen the illness, like after it's kind of gone through you know, 60 to 70% of the world population, that's when, um, I think the, the social restrictions will start to, uh, to, to be backed off the, um, it's really hard to predict. I I don't know what, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to happen, but once, once, uh, the majority of the world has seen this illness, um, and it, it looks like it's spreading very quickly, uh, then we'll be on the backside of it, and people will have people's immune systems will be able to fight it off at that point, at least to some degree, and uh, the things will slowly start to uh, to get back to normal after some time. Man, so on a kayaking front, it's time to do some attainments. It's time to do some human-powered self shuttles. Doesn't mean you have to go kayaking by yourself. It just means that you know you're trying to limit getting a num- big number of people. Of course, if there's family and things like that, you can cram in a car. Um, 
you know, paddling with the family. That's a really good idea right now, in my opinion, if you can figure that out. Um, man, we got, uh, you know, this is certainly, certainly not your typical show, but I know that you made a post the other day on Facebook and there was just a level of seriousness there. And I felt like it would be good to spread that amongst the paddling community. So, I mean, is there anything in that regard as far as rumors or things that you're seeing people talk about or the, uh, just specific things that you'd like to clarify? Um, yeah, I, I guess the one, one thing I would like to I may have mentioned this earlier, but um, this is so much different than the flu. I, it, it's, it's easy for people out there to say, oh, yeah, look at the death rate. The death rate's the same as the flu. Why is everybody freaking out? There's There are so many kind of features of a virus that um, that kind of determine its importance and its danger other than just the death rate. The death rate is fairly similar, seems like a little more than the flu, but there are multiple other factors of this virus. When, you know, when an epidemiologist or a, an infectious disease doctor looks at uh, this virus, their alarm bells are going off <laughs> and um, and there's so there's just so much more to think about than than just the death rate. So uh, the kind of the degree that it reproduces in people, the the lack of natural immunity that anybody has to this thing uh, is just way different. So if you hear people say, "Oh, this is just like the flu," that's a that's a foolish way to think, and and we all need to uh, to kind of get over that part of it. Right. No, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess that's probably all I have to to add to that, really. Well, I don't know. This was insightful for me. I learned a lot of things. Um, I, I we've had a couple emails come across asking about kayaking in this situ in this era of social distancing, and so I figured it would be important to answer that one question. Um, I do want to be clear that this is when this show goes up. In three days, all the information on here, not all of it, but a lot of it could be different. Um, you know, I just want to reiterate, go to your World Health Organization. These are unprecedented times. Don't, don't, this, is, this should not be your guiding light. And it's your personal choice about how you navigate through all this. Um, well, to shut us down, I'm kind of springing this on you here, um, Jack Diddy. Every time, or Dr. Diddy, I should say. Jack's my neighbor. We're buddies. So I got to address him a little bit more professionally here on the Hammer Factor. But before we get into everybody's favorite section of the show, I want to let our listeners know this Ranson Raves is brought to you by the 63rd annual Rio Grande Mother's Day race in Pilar, New Mexico on May 9th, 2020. There's a downriver race for kayaks, canoes, and sups in the morning, followed by a slalom race, freestyle comp, family float, and raft race on the six-mile Class 3 Rio Grande race course just downriver of the famous Taos Box. 63rd annual? Prizes for winners and raffle are brought to you by Adobe Whitewater Club of New Mexico, Immersion Research, Aquabound, Watershed, MST Adventures, New Mexico River Adventures, and many more. Registration and information at mothersdaywhitewater.com. And don't forget about the free camping and the Dutch oven cookout Friday night. On a side note, 
If due to current conditions, they can't hold this event on the May 9th, they're going to move it to Father's Day. So go to mothersdaywhitewater.com, get on board, go celebrate the Rio Grande. I can go first if you would like and give you a second second to think about it. Um, I'm going to rave, and I'm going to rave about our local community right here. I'm seeing neighbors running to the store for each other, taking care of those that may be, like you say, a little bit more vulnerable. People are <laughs> in an awkward way doing their best not to like hug and high five people that they see all the time. You know, there's a bus that started coming, bringing school lunches to the neighborhood. I just got to give a quick rave to our local community right here. Is there anything that you would like to rant or rave about? Doctor? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for a, a rave. Just um, the way that the community is coming together, I agree with. The way that uh, that my coworkers that I've seen coming together and as everybody comes to terms with what this illness means, everybody's kind of stepping up to the plate and uh, doing their part. And it's a sense that I get kind of around the, not just our local community, but just from what I'm reading online and from people that I used to work with that I've been in contact with, it seems like a lot of people are really mobilizing to, to prepare themselves to fight this or to already be fighting it. And uh, it's, it's just a, a great thing to see everybody coming, coming together and taking steps that they need to sac- personal sacrifices and, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We, to me, this is obviously there's a lot of grim things about this, but it's a really fascinating time to be alive, and I try to appreciate that every day, uh, even even in the kind of nightmare that that may happen in the next few months with this. Um, the uh, this is an amazing world we live in, and I'm just thankful to to be a, a part of it. Yeah. And it's just important to remember this too shall pass. There will be another side to this. So keeping sane along the way is what I want. The primary statement, the, the primary takeaway of this show is that stay healthy, go outside. If you have a moment, if you can't work, if you've, you know, this is a chance to spend more time with your family, do what you can in that regard, be as thankful as you can and, and and move forward is there anything else you'd like to add there doctor yeah the last thing i'd say is if if some of these people out there that think this is a hoax if they're right man more power to them i'll be <laughs> glad to laugh at myself <laughs> next month if all this just blows over so, oh me too me yeah. too indeed hope well, all you people are have called it well let's get together and uh Go run some shuttles on the green, dude. I got a new trail I can show you. Yep. I'll just uh, stay a little bit away from you. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on the Hammer Factor, Jack. All right. Thank you, John.